welcome back to another episode of Ales with Aslan, your weekly session for those who sell for a living and those who pause, help those who sell for a living. Your favorite part. I know it is. I love this. I Guess love who I the found? Way you do that. It's a trademark. Guess who I found? I found Tommy Boy. He's been uh, super Tommy Boy clients. Oh my goodness, we haven't seen you on the show in weeks. My goodness, but great to have Tom back. We have a tremendous topic today because if you're like any of us, you've suffered from a dearth of motivation during the last six months from time to time, and we're going to unpack really six main ways to uh, sort of address motivation, both for yourself and maybe helping motivate others. But first, it's very important to stick with the theme of our mm. show, Ales with Aslan, and have an ale. So, mm -hmm. Tom, do you have something cold, frosty, and refreshing in front of you? I, I do. I do. I, I do have something cold uh, and refreshing. And, and like you, I, I typically go local because you're my, you know, you're the one I, who I look up to, who I steam when it comes to beer drinking. <laughs> um, so Gate City Brewing Company is downtown Roswell, which is kind of a real quaint, a little New England feel, a little main square. You had and me it's really Atlanta. hot in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a real popular spot. And there's a brewery there called Gate City Brewery. And I am drinking a Citrus Maximus. And it is an IPA, which is kind of, I'm still on the IPA kick. It's 5.5% ABV. I love it. So I'm going to, I'm going to open it. Crack and, that. Uh, let's get started. Mm -hmm. well, I feel like I've earned it. I, I know, I know I have not had this on the show and I'm pretty certain no mm. one has ever had this on the show. And uh, by the way, it is bottled or canned in this case in your hometown of Atlanta, <laughs> Georgia. It is a okay. Okay. <laughs> brewed since 1898. Basically, it just says on mm -hmm. there, it's good. It's a Barks root okay. beer. <laughs> so mm. I am I, not having an ale today. I, I am. I am. Yeah, I, am I don't know if that qualifies as an ale. I don't it's know. Not. It does qualify as a beer, as it in does. a root beer. But, but mm -hmm. listen to that pour. Well, oh. that relates to our topic today of being healthy. Yes. Yeah, I'm not, alert for our listeners. Not a total healthy beverage that I'm having today, but I am trying to not consume alcohol um, at least for the next 24 hours, as I'm just trying to continue to get healthy again. And um, you know that's just important. Our health is all we have, really, when you when you look at it that way. But Tom, this is a great topic because mm -hmm. I think, as I said in the opening, you know, people have struggled with with personal motivation over the last six months. COVID is you know, tied us to our houses. We haven't been able to go out during the summer and do the things that we all love to do. And yet there are ways uh, to really achieve uh, the appropriate amount of motivation to do anything you want to do. And you and I both have personal yeah. examples we can share that are quite applicable to selling. So why don't you kick us off? What's, uh, what's on your mind? Well, yeah, I had a recent meeting with a, a new client and and talking about sort of the, the mental state and emotional state of the sales organization uh, motivation was the biggest challenge. It yeah. wasn't just helping them execute and sell virtually. It's like, can we even be successful? Are we even motivated to sell? And, um, you know, the more people I talk to in the industry, the more I realize that this is a big deal. You know, the world changes, you mentioned. Um, it may be tough for me in my new environment at home. I don't see a lot of people. Can I be successful? It's a completely new diff and different way of selling. If I'm used to walking into an office or wandering around a hospital, or showing up on site, um, 
and now I got to reach them via email or phone or it, it's just a lot of rejection, right? And, and a lot of failure and new is hard. New means usually that you're not going to do it well. I mean, most adults don't try to learn how to roller skate because they feel like an idiot. So they, they're not very motivated to do that. So a lot of people right now are roller skating. And um, uh, that's an analogy, by the way, Scott. I don't really <laughs> Although they might be, they might be, they may be leaving their home because they're not effective selling and roller skating. So, you know, I started thinking about what in recent time where, you know, I was really struggling with motivation, where I had to do something completely different and I was yeah. motivated. I thought, what did I learn and why was it, was I successful and why was it successful? I mean, I really haven't had a motivation challenge since we started Aslan 25 years ago in a basement and I had no windows and no, <laughs> no accounts, and <laughs> very new to the industry, no brochure. And I'm like, hi, I'm Tom. We have a training company. You want sales training? And uh, people would say no. But, you know, it's, that was a long time ago. But I, yeah. but I picked something that um, I was successful at motivating myself in a completely different direction, and it was related to diet. I have kind of always just eaten what I want. Yeah. My, my cholesterol was pretty low. My health was fine. I just eat whatever I want, you know, yeah. just macaroni and cheese. And one of my favorite meals growing up was chicken fried steak. <laughs> you know, it's like take chicken, fry it, fried foods, fried shrimp. I mean, beer, I mean, just cheese. I mean, I don't, I don't think that's healthy. I mean, I, I didn't even know salad. I need to have 700 calorie salad. Cause you got to put a lot of blue cheese on of, there. Absolutely. And, um, you get that taco salad that comes in the fried bread bowl or whatever that thing is. and <laughs> Yeah, that's a salad, right? It's, that's healthy. You know, I mean, I really I couldn't spell the word health. Yeah. People, I don't drink water. I mean, it is a complete departure from the way I was living. Um, but yet, yet, I adopted this Whole30 diet, which means I couldn't eat carbs. I couldn't even eat beans. I couldn't drink alcohol. I couldn't um, eat uh, bread, pizza no sugar no dairy i mean, I mean this is my nightmare major... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like... yeah 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 and so i decided to do this diet and yeah. so i was like well, why did i do it why was i successful i was successful and i um and i started unpacking that as i was thinking about writing an article about this and i came up with six things that ultimately determine my success in motivating myself and actually motivating someone else, my wife, who, who does struggle with their health. And um, so I thought, we, I thought we'd share it today. I think Because I know you kind of went through the same journey because you switched, what, three, four years ago to completely vegan, which, by the way, blows my mind. Yeah, I know. And, and, and I'll inject some of those stories, too, because to your point, that all started from a I, – I was not – particularly thinking that I needed to change much. My health was same as yours, you know, low cholesterol weight was somewhat under control. I think I struggled probably a little more than you mm -hmm. do with that, but I could always get it back. If I needed to drop 20 pounds, I could do it. Right. And, right. But, but it was one person and we'll get into this a little bit that sort of pointed to things that, ex that exposed my motivation, long-term thinking of dad, do mm -hmm. you want to be around for your great grandkids? sort of questions. Mm. And that to That's me a good was, question. was my own personal motivation was piqued by that question and several like it. So uh, yeah, I absolutely can share some of the challenges and some of the motivations that led me to uh, becoming a vegan. Yeah, good, good. I think that'll be because I'm, I'm very motivated by hearing your story. 
And by the way, beer um, is vegan, so I have never skipped a beat. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, beer's not on the Whole30 diet, but we'll talk about that <laughs> if we need to. But, um, well, because part of the diet is you eliminate everything and you figure out how it's affecting you, and then you start adding back. So alcohol was not a big, thank the Lord, was not a big issue yeah. uh, in how it helped. So so where it started for me, so you sound like it started for you, is you wanted to be around for your grandchildren. Yeah. You want to be around a lot longer, and your kids love you, and they want to be with you. Um, mine uh, was related to my energy level. I was having really low energy. End of the day, I would crash. Um, we have a pool, I came with a house, grandkids come over, I got 14 grandkids. They come over and swim, and I would find myself wanting to fall asleep while the kids were swimming. Yeah. And I'm like, what is wrong with me? You know, so, so I think the first thing is, is that it was connected to me having more energy. And my son, who's very healthy, my second son, Taylor, um, talked to me about this whole 30 diet. Also both my, and my oldest son, Christian, also talked to me. They both had been on this diet. And so they connected energy and also clear thinking. So I'm in the process of writing a book when, when this all conversation happened. So the two things I cared about the most was energy and clear minded. So the, the, the whole idea was around those two things is energy and clear minded. So, so then it wasn't a diet to be healthy, you know, drink more water because you're supposed to. It was about, I want energy. This will give it to you. And I think this is a big, important thing that people miss, especially leaders is no one's motivated by your goals. Yes. People are only motivated by their goals. That's right. And so if we want people to be motivated and motivated, motivated comes from the word motive, which means reason. So what's the reason to be motivated? They, they don't care about your reason. They only care about their reason. And so because this was clearly connected to something I wanted for the first time, I was motivated to eat better because people have been telling me I should eat, drink water and do all kinds of stuff forever. And I'm like, why? And they never can answer the question. They would say because your liver processes things or because of this or because of that. I'm like, I don't, or because you'll be dehydrated because you'll be this. I'm like, I don't care. I feel fine. Yeah. It didn't relate to me. Matter of fact, a lot of times when I would teach a class, I would ask the people, especially when I was working with medical professionals one time, and I said, um, why should I drink water? And they gave me 10 reasons. None of them I wish I cared about. And therefore, I don't drink water. Now, one person did say, finally, because you can think better. And I'm like, okay, now that appeals to me. But I didn't yes. sell them. So the first thing is we have to define for ourselves or for others, what is it that we want? We have to be really clear. And it has to be like, I need, I want something because change and motivation has got to be connected. Everything is centered around what they want. And it not only needs to be about something you, um, you logically want, which is, you know, could be clear headed or, or more energy. It also needs to speak to the heart. So I think of head and heart. It not only needs to be logical, but it also needs to connect to our emotions, like the grandkids, yeah. being with the grandkids, being, having fun, enjoying my Saturdays. That like really got to me. Like yeah. I could feel that. And so people are not motivated by analyze, think, change. They're motivated by see, feel, change. People need to feel what it's like to change. Yeah. Feel what it's like to be successful. And so we may all know this, right? This Everybody may have been motivated prior to COVID, but maybe this is, needs to be revisited. You know, maybe we need this either, again, personally or with our team, stop and say, what is it that you really want? And let's get 
connected emotionally to it. So I love it. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of step one. Well, and what was your driver? Why? Yeah. You you obviously changed. What would like, what emotionally kick clicked for you that got you to really feel it? I think it was, it was my, my daughter, Samantha with, with that question, but I'm trying to, what was her motivation to even bring this up to me? And, and I think it, it, those two motivations of what she wanted and what I wanted were the same, which is I want you around Mm -hmm. to experience your grandkids, you know, in a nutshell, that was sort of a, it was a, just sort of painting a word picture that we talk about all the time of what would life be like with great grand grandkids or great grandkids um, in the house Mm -hmm. and, and grandpa, you know, me not being there, like we, paint the negative right. and then, and then instill the positive. And then the, the really right. interesting thing that got my motivation going was, was the next step, which was starting to do some reading and, and I didn't have to do any of the research, right? She, she literally yeah. like made it easy for me. And I think as a leader, you can, you can make it easier for your reps by giving them an environment where they can think about their own motivation. Um, mm-hmm. She, she showed me videos like what the health and cowspiracy and game changers, different like documentaries that showed, the health impacts of becoming vegan, but also some of the downsides of, of living the other way, the way I'd been living for 50 years. Um, and yeah, that, that part was extremely motivating for me. Like it, it started out as be around for your grandkids, but then there was this whole other part of it that I was like, you know, there were planet aspects, there were, you know, animal health aspects. There were lots of things that got me mm-hmm. thinking differently that turned into, you know, sub motivations that I thought, were you know very very interesting that I did not expect to be to be very honest. I did not expect to feel that way, um, and then just the feeling better that you talk about. Within mm-hmm. six months, I could not believe the difference. The weight came off, and yet I also just felt better. And so, motivation can sort of breed more motivation when you start feeling better. Right, it becomes a habit, and it's been yeah, yeah it's been three years of of feeling better. Uh, for the it's most worked. part, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's yeah, cool. very cool. That's cool. And I, I think the important thing is don't go past step one until it's nailed. If you're meeting with a team member yeah. and they can't articulate what they want, both head and heart, that's where you, that's where you and then, then say, well, either you define it there or say, that's your assignment. Yeah. Because only like 5% of the people actually write down what they want. So, and that's something we just kind of pass over. We just kind of, oh yeah, everybody wants something. They want, they want to hit their number. They want to be successful. They want to make a certain amount of money. No. I mean, yes, they want that, but it's not clear. It's not tangible. It's like, no, what is it that you really, at the end of this year, even COVID, how do you want to end this year? And kind of write it as, a, as a, I read a book about this called Switch, which is a great book by the Heath brothers, Dan and Chip Heath, I think is their name. And they talk about a destination postcard. Like, what's it going to feel like and look like at the end of the year? So, at the end of this year, I want to be. I want to. I'm. I'm going to strive for this, you know. Yeah. And I'm going to so make it super clear. And if that's not done for yourself or somebody else, that's your assignment. Yeah. You know. So. You know, I had that's um, where you and, start. <laughs> excuse me. Wow. Talking too quick. Um, uh, a, a good friend of mine that talked about when she, I think pretty young in her leadership career, had all of her team do what she called vision boards. I think, I think that's what she termed them. But they, they had yeah. to create sort of a desire board or a vision board that had pictures of things there they you wanted go. to achieve or, you know, whether it was a vacation or a car or just something that mm-hmm. was motivate them. Hopefully, maybe it was something a little more 
less less tangible and more you know esoteric in some ways but they they had to get that on a board and they shared that with their teammates and they all sort of bought into what motivated one another i thought that was kind of a cool idea and something that maybe somebody wants to try out there vision boards yeah i have a my my desktop image is a picture of what i want love that yeah, and it's not related to health it's a different goal but like when i pull up my computer yeah it, it's a picture that captures my emotions and reminds me of why i have to do the hard things and so yeah i think it, it needs to be crystal clear good good well is and that's probably a good good caveat or into the second the second part of uh of the motivation which we kind of have is, is is the plan right the clear plan to get there yeah, I think the the next step, and this is what was so great about the whole thirty, they lay out exactly what you need to do for thirty days, right? So it, it it's it's a super clear plan. Like it even breaks down. Like what do you do when you go to restaurants? What do you do on Sunday to prepare for the week? Yeah. What do you, I mean? It 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 was nothing to think about. Once I started and I hit the go button, I didn't have to sit around and 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 think about what I need to do. So if I'm a rep, right, well, who am I, where's my list? I start my list and here's who's I'm calling. Like, and so you just, you just go. So all I gotta do is hit the go button and go follow the plan. And so the more clear the plan, the more motivation um, will occur um, because ambiguity kills change. When things are at, it's like, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Like I, when I get up in the morning on Monday, I need to know exactly what I'm going to do. That's one of the beauties of, you know, the CRM systems is like it all order organizes that or should. Yeah. So there needs to be a clear plan. Well, and that's interesting on my side because I asked the question, where does one even start to become a vegan? Like I don't even, I mean, you just quit cold Turkey mm -hmm. and what, like, you know, cause I had less structure than you did, but, but uh, mm -hmm. I thought the best, the best thing that Sam did was she said, look, you just take a two-week challenge. That means you go without meat for two weeks. You eat the way I'm going to tell you to eat. And it wasn't quite as detailed right. as the plan you got, but it was enough for me to – and by the way, I was traveling back and forth to Denmark at the time every, every month. So oh, wow. I was not only going to be trying to do this at home, but in a foreign country where I didn't speak the language, I was going to be trying to, to not right. eat Wow. Yeah. So, so I was very nervous. But about that it. was, it was clear. But it, that was clear. You it knew was crystal clear was what I needed to do. Simple. Yeah. Like don't eat meat. You're yep. only going to eat. Right. Or anything right. from the meat. Like you couldn't eat dairy, right? Couldn't eat dairy. But I, unlike you, I could have pasta and I could have, I could have ah, bread. Pasta. And so guess who became a junk food vegan for about three months? <laughs> It just was eating a bunch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> seven. But it got me through. It got me through. And now you now yeah. you can grill just about any vegetable and everything else. But yeah, so I think the the plan, the clear plan for me was don't eat meat, and it was do it for a set amount of time, and and see how you feel. Mm -hmm. And I dropped sixteen pounds in two weeks and felt great. So of course I kept mm -hmm. going. Of course I kept going. So that's the key. Is like so the clear plan, and I think the important thing is the clear plan needs to be, you know, when you apply this to sales. It needs to be, if you're a leader, it needs to be the rep's plan. And that yes. needs to be your plan. Right? <clears throat> so, and so your job is to shepherd that and to help them come up with their plan. But it needs to be their plan. We all know it doesn't work when corporate says, do this. And then it just becomes an exercise in creative writing because you kind of follow their plan. But they need yep. to figure out, this is what I want. Well, then what's your plan to get there? And if it's not clear, um, then 
it's not going to be effective, <laughs> which leads to the next step. It also needs to be very easy. Yeah. Like yours was just two weeks. Mine was just 30 days. I didn't have to eat healthy forever. I didn't have to do, I just had to do it for 30 days. And so whatever we want to do is we want to break it down. So for change to happen and people to be motivated, we need to lower the bar, not raise the bar. We need to make it easy for them to skip momentum. The key is momentum. So we, you know, like it might just be, you're going to make X, you know, you're going to make 20 calls, cold calls, 20 cold emails a day for a week. And you're going to reach out to a lower level decision maker and just ask these three questions. And so that might be like eye opening for them to just do it. We did that with a company one time where they were not convinced, they were not motivated because they didn't really believe they could upsell. You know, they had this mindset of, I'm just going to respond to the customer knows what they need. The customer knows what they, we offer. And so that's not going to be successful if we try to upsell them or, you know, expand the order size and all that. I said, well, let's just ask three questions. Let's just ask three questions per week. That's it. Will you do that? They're like, sure. Right. They found 10, they uncovered $10 million worth of incremental revenue by asking three questions. And they're like, oh, but it wasn't a year. It wasn't forever. It was just a week. And it was yeah. just three questions. And so we want to make it very easy for them to start and move. And then you can increase that as you go. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I think, I think if, you, if you just look at the two examples we're talking about, the, the clarity of the plan, but the, the simplicity almost of the plan, you're going to do these mm -hmm. things and you're going to do it for a very short amount of time. And we're going to come back together and we're going to decide whether that was impactful. And whether you're a sales manager doing that with a team or you're trying to, you know, become more healthy, uh, the same mm -hmm. method really applies uh, to both sides. Good. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's keep going. What's the fourth, uh, you know, piece of the, the pie? The fourth here? thing that I learned is I believed it would work. This is the biggie. I think this probably is the biggest challenge for us is that I believed it would work. Um, my two sons talked about tiger blood. And that, that you, after two or after two weeks, you're going to start to feel this tiger blood, which is this amazing amount of energy. And really? they used a word picture that said, like, when you're eating carbs, which I ate a ton of carbs, that your body, it's like burning twigs or hay. It yeah. burns really hot, but then it, then it, then it planes out and then you have to feed it again. It's not very good energy. It just, it just, you eat it and you feel good for a second and then it dies. And um, and so they use this analogy of twigs versus logs versus logs burn low and long. And I'm like, oh, that makes sense. They said, totally. your body's been trained to burn carbs. And so you're going to have to shift to teach it to burn fat and fat. When you burn fat, it starts to burn. It's a much cleaner burn and it's much healthier and it gives you all the energy. And so I didn't quite understand it, but I believed them because they and this is another point, they could tell me the stories of their tiger blood. And so applying that back to the COVID situation, if your reps or you believe that you can't get a virtual meeting when you used to sell face-to-face, -face, yeah, then you're, then you're done. Yeah. You've got to believe, you've got to see other people that are successful. And so that's been part of our role at Aslan and, and working with different partners and clients is to share those success stories of people actually getting more meetings than they were getting before COVID. Yeah. Right. But if you believe I can't get a meeting, then you're done. You know, yeah. so you have, we have to find 
the people that are successful, find the people that it's working and help them and, and, and obviously check that box. Is this worth it? Is it worth the effort? Will it pay off? Well, and Did you have that same sort of. Yeah, because we because because I think I had doubts for sure that, you know, this was mm -hmm. a was it something I wanted long term? Because, I mean, there was no bigger, you know, American food eater than me. The Velveeta cheese with the chips for the game and the chicken wings and the steak. Oh, that's and, healthy. That's healthy. No, that's healthy. Oh, that all, that's all good. They process oh, it. That's all healthy. Yeah, they process it. That's the whole purpose of processing, Scott, is to take all the bad stuff out. <laughs> and I'm going to give all that up because I don't, you know, I, I, it's not good for me. Like, I just, I was like, I've been eating that way for 50 years. I certainly can go another 50 eating that way. No, I guess not. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but so I had doubts for sure. But what was interesting is as you got through the two-week challenge and I didn't, miss anything really because there's lots of great ways to, to prepare plant-based stuff and I started right. to really become um I because I'm kind of the cook in the house intrigued by mm -hmm. and motivated by and confident in my ability to cook in that way mm -hmm. it was almost like a new challenge and um my confidence started to build as I made really cool I made a vegan bolognese in the first like week or two is is a plant-based vegan bolognese mm -hmm. um that my father-in-law ate and said, you are crazy if you don't bottle this. This is the best bolognese I've ever had. And it's vegan, like bottle wow. this. And, and so th that started- And to for those who are listening that don't understand bolognese, it's a meat-based tomato sauce, right? That's right, yeah, exactly. Right, so right. Yeah. how do you make the meat consistency, but do it with vegetables? And there's a way to do it. And I figured it out pretty quick. And, and, uh, and wow. I, it's still one of our signature Sunday night dinners that we love. So yeah, that was motivating and, and sort of helped build my confidence was, was learning what I could do to make really good food just with a different ingredient. Yeah, I think that, that's, that's key. We've got to believe that it'll work. We've got yeah. to. So, and so that, and that could be just that if you're not sure, that could be the purpose of the first, you know, uh, week. Yep. Is the whole point is to determine how many meetings do we get? You know, yep. what happens, right? And that could be breaking it down into a week um, and proving that it'll work. So, but, but that is key. We got to figure that out. Well, and, and so for, as, as we transition to, to number five, um, you know, and we talk about this in, 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 our, in our leadership courses all the time, that there is inevitably going to be uh, back steps or setbacks. Um, yeah. And, and so, you know, we need to, as to err is human, we need to know that that, mm -hmm. that sort of thing is going to happen. And I don't know if you have any examples of where you had any backslides or whether you were able to sort of get through it without that. But uh, I, I personally um, never did eat meat again. I still have not in, in the three years of, of right. being vegan. Um, That's impressive. But, but other things like dairy, like when you, when you want a pizza and there's no cheese on it, like slowly mm. I started to try to figure out, was there non-dairy cheeses that I could use? Absolutely. But when you're out at a pizzeria mm. and everybody's having pizza and there's a little cheese on there, you know, um, I've had backslides with, with regard to dairy. There's no question about well, it. Let's not I, tell anybody about that. I don't think we should tell anybody about that. You don't think? Okay. I mean, there are a million no, people listening that just heard it, but. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Setbacks. 
Uh, one of the things I was super impressed as I started researching the Whole30 diet um, is that it it literally tells you what's going to happen for the first 11 days. And that is, I mean, it breaks it down like the first two, first two days you're going to feel this and this is going to happen the next three three to four days. And it breaks it down into what happens in 10 and 11 days. And then after that, it's all downhill. Yeah. So I was prepared for what was to happen. My expectations of failing or struggling or being tired or whatever never demotivated me because I expected that to happen. And so failure needs to be built into part of the process. So if I'm going to, so for example, if the first time, if I've never really presented or led a virtual meeting or made cold calls in a long time or tried to conduct a discovery meeting over the phone or virtually um, because I've always done it face to face, we need to set the expectation that's going to go poorly. Yep. So don't get upset about it, right? Yep. The first time I ever presented or made a presentation or spoke at a conference, if somebody would have said, listen, this is probably not going to go well. It's not going to be your best. So don't worry about it. Don't judge your ability based on the first time. Failure is part of the process. And so if we set those expectations and say embrace it. And if you're going to run for political office, you're not going to get elected. But if you think you're going to get elected the first time, then at the end of it, you're going to go, oh, I'm a failure. I'm never going to be a politician. No, you have to run three times to get elected. So the first two times are failures. It's a setup for the third time. Completely changes your paradigm about how you see the road to success. You know, like learning to be a writer and writing a book. And I read a book about being a writer. And they said your first draft, they call it, <laughs> it's a shitty first draft. They call it SD. <laughs> SFD. <laughs> It's like it's it's awful. So don't. Yeah. And I remember reading my first draft, going, "Oh, this really sucks. I'm a therefore I'm a bad writer." Yeah. No, it's a shitty first draft. Yeah. Can we say that on our podcast? Have we ever cussed on our podcast before? I would that, I'm quoting by the way, Anne out. Lamont. I'm okay. All right. Yeah. Well, because if you, if I you am think quoting about, someone else. If you think about, um, I think we're on podcast. I don't know, seventy-one or something like that. Go back and listen to okay. the first podcast. <laughs> I think failure was built into that one. Too. <laughs> okay, there you go. There you go. I'm sure it wasn't. I think uh, the first podcast we did, we didn't record it. We had to do it. That's right. I think the yeah, the recording broke. Right. We got. <laughs> we got yeah, like, they're like, oh wait, we just zero of that, so we completely that, oh. failed on our first podcast. That's fine. Yeah. It's, so it's built in. I think that I think that's key for for so you know, especially if you're a leader and you're working with a rep. The focus is is the activity, not on success. So just keep, encourage them to keep doing it. Not, right. well, that call didn't go well, or you didn't do that. And it's almost like at the beginning of the process, you just want to say the focus is doing the work, not measuring how it's the outcomes. Yeah, just reward the, the behavior and and not the result in the beginning, because uh, mm. you know you're gonna you're gonna see some things and there's gonna be some backslides, and that's just part of the game, which. You know, I think leads perfectly to the final uh, chapter here, which is, you know, anything you try to do in life, if you try to do it alone, your chances are, are much, much less that you're going to be successful. Yeah. And, and, and this idea of, of partnering up, we, we, you know, we talk about it all the time when we give our training that you should partner with somebody else that's gone through the training with you and, and, and use each other. I'm not even talking about your leader, like a peer, so that you can kind of go through this right. together as you both try to change behaviors and drive drive differences in your, in your, in your job. For me, um, I was not alone in my journey. My daughter who had, had sort of, you know, pushed this uh, 
as an idea. And then my wife did it with me. And then quickly the rest of our mm -hmm. family did. So, you know, there's six of us, there's four kids and we all, yeah, you're together. we all did it together. So like, no, like Donnie wasn't sitting on the other side of the table eating pizza while the rest of us were trying to eat, you know, vegan or he wasn't eating, you know, gnawing on a steak, <laughs> which would have really been tough mm -hmm. to watch. Uh, and and yeah, so we all kind of right. went through it together. Now, not everybody stayed with it, but at least for a while, the burn-in period, I had, I had people around me that were doing it. It was a little harder traveling, um, but, but I was able to build good behavior at home and then, and then take it on the road. I don't know if you had yeah. the same sort of issue. Yeah, I had the same. Yeah, that's the last step is just don't do it alone. Is, yeah. is I, I did this with my wife. And yep. so, yeah, it would have been much harder if I'm, my wife's like, let's stop at Chick-fil-A and get a chicken <laughs> sandwich. And I'm like, no, I've got, I've got my bag of whatever. And I'm going to eat dried chicken. I mean, not dried chicken, but oh yeah, I could eat chicken. I couldn't have fried chicken, but I could have, you know, broiled chicken. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So <laughs> not doing it alone. I think that's really, whether you, if you're a rep, find somebody to do this with, you know, you, you can current, you know, get connected to somebody and then you go through your day together with somebody else. If you're a yeah. leader, do it with your reps, spend time with your reps, connect more in this time because we are motivated to do it in communities that you know, about interesting enough we're talking about diet after a heart attack so you think if people would be motivated which kind of brings this whole thing full circle it would be people who've had a major heart attack yeah so we're talking about death we're talking about the avoidance of death right. so you almost died you come out of your heart attack and they're like okay for you not to die now you have to eat healthy and what they found is people wouldn't change. Change your diet after a heart attack. It's, it's very, very small. But this doctor, I think his name was Dean Hornish, I think is his name. I'm, I'm just bringing this up from memory. And he figured out, one, is that people didn't really have something they wanted. So it went back to step number one. It's like, they did, it, it's like well, why do I need to live? So we had to figure out how to, what's the quality of life? What is it they want that's worth living for? They hadn't figured that out. Yeah. Because maybe they were, they were just surviving by ways to eat. The other thing is that I remember in the articles, they all did it together. They did it in a community. So when he got four or five people working together to eat healthy, it was much easier for them to be successful than it is to do it alone. So, you know, if you're just tight, if you're a leader and you're just checking in with your reps and you're like, hey, how you doing? Great. Good. All right. Keep it up. What's your number? Because most managers operate in two dimensions. What's the result that you need to hit and what, what are your productivity numbers? And they don't spend much time with the heart and how you feeling and how you doing. Yeah. And, and you know, well, how can I support you? And what's that like? And I think that's, that's really critical for motivation. Uh, absolutely. And I don't know if you know this, you, you know, this person, I won't mention him. Just, it's probably not Jermaine, but it, this guy's father, he's my age. His father was diagnosed with like stage four, cancer in i want to say 1990 wow. or 91 the choice was you can change your diet and extend your life mm -hmm. but it's like a macrobiotic diet like you're going to eat seaweed mm -hmm. for as long as you're on oh earth. wow and and so he did it because there was motivation to stay alive whatever those motivations were why that why that father right. wanted to stay but he around. was motivated he, he was wanted motivated. something do you know that he's still going today 28 years later wow I'm, I kid you not. Wow. So, so yeah, your choice is keep doing what you're doing and die or change your diet to this and have a chance to extend mm -hmm. your life. They didn't promise them 28 years. They didn't promise them 28 months. 
They just said, this is right. your best chance. And he's still going today, which is just such a great story. Great, great. Uh, well, and that sounds like what's super clear is they're saying, here's what you need to do. If they said, well, you just need to like eat better. Yeah. But it sounds like they were super clear on what the plan was. Yeah. Super clear. Super clear. Yeah. Well, this is just great. such a great topic. And, um, and I think super helpful to, to talk about the personal examples that we kind of went through, but then apply it to both a sales rep and a sales leader as they try to work together. And, you know, this is a therapy session for those who sell for a living and those who help those for sell for a living. So <laughs> I think we've, sure. I like we've, that. <laughs> we've, we've accomplished what like we set that. out to do. Well, very good. Tom, any closing comments for our, our group this week? Well, you know, and I'm not sure how this applies to selling, but what's interesting about, you know, the outcome of the whole 30 for me is it did work. It completely changed my energy level and it has permanently changed the way I eat. I don't, I'm not a strict adherence to whole 30, but it changed me. I don't like, I'll, I don't eat sandwiches anymore because of bread. Yeah. Like I realize that this food affects me. And I think that's really important is if we can get people or we can personally choose to do something for a short period of time and see the impact, then motivation is not difficult. You know, so if we can just focus on doing it long enough to see the changes, then it becomes easy. I don't have to motivate. I don't want, like I see food differently. You know, I'll look at fried, I haven't eaten fried chicken in four years, I don't think. Because it's just like, oh, it's fried chicken. It's like, I know what that food means. Yeah. So like if I'm a sales rep and I'm thinking, I know what it means to make cold calls and do the work. I know what that means. I know what it means not to. It's like that forever changes me. But if I've never tried it, I can always live in the world of, well, it won't really change anything if I do this or do that. Oh, it'll all not work. But then once you see it work, then you know what it means. I remember one time early on when I had to motivate myself when we started Aslan, as I came up with this real simple little tick sheet and I figured out if I made X number of calls, how many of those calls would lead to a sale and what that sale was worth and therefore what my hour of time was worth. Yeah. And yeah. so that became very motivating. So when someone said, Hey, do you want to go do this? I'm like, well, that'll cost me $4,000. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I'm like, well, I, and that changed the way I thought about, I made that number up. I think it was $3,000. It might've been at the time. I can't remember, but I remember revenue per hour if I was prospecting yeah. what it was worth. Yeah. And that forever changed my view of prospecting. Yep. So I think that's, that's critical. The change isn't just for a small, a short period of time. It sticks. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Try it for a short period of time, get used to it. And then, you know, the, the benefits you reap when you, when you, you know, reach the, the end. Uh, right can be for, for a very long time. So this has been an amazing topic. I hope everybody got a lot of value out of it. Remember to share the podcast with your friends. Uh, get on there and subscribe. want to get this out to as many people as we can. We hope it's helpful. And um, we will talk to you in let another week. Let us know what you want us to talk about. You know, yeah, that's know. true too. You got yeah. any topics to look. Yeah, use, use the social media and um, certainly uh, the platforms where you uh, subscribe to your podcast and let us know what further topics would make sense to you. And we'll talk to you next week on another episode of Ales with Aslan.